Hello? You play to win the game. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. To LeBron James! That was insane! Officially insane, LeBron James! What's up, guys? My name is Thomas. I'm here alongside with David Castaneda. And we're here with another Clause to the Wall podcast. It's been a little while since we've both been in the studio, David. But glad to be back in the great city of San Marcos, Texas. It is hot as I don't know what outside. But we're here to talk sports. So locally, there's not really a lot going on. So I guess why don't we go ahead and jump to some national stuff since we know it's been hot and popping. Oh, heck yeah, man. And it's just us two here in the booth today. So, I mean, it's going to be a good one. <laughs> all right, all right. So first off, NBA Finals just capped off. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. They are your 2023 NBA champions. I did not think that's a sentence I would be saying yeah. <laughs> at the beginning of the season in October. I mean – how did how did they pull this off? First of all, how did they pull this off? Man, I mean, you look at the uh, you look at the biggest threats in the West. You know, they kind of all got eliminated before the Nuggets had to had to go in and face them. In my opinion, I I thought the biggest threat were the Warriors and the Lakers made easy work of them. And after that, the Nuggets were just able to take care of business. And you know, that's a lot easier said than done, especially with them. You know, they they're a team that hasn't been taking care of business the last you know however many years because they've had the talent to make it that deep into the playoffs, but they've just unfortunate injuries. You know, when you talk about with Jamal Murray, uh, that was one that you can't really do anything about that, but we know that they've had the talent to get that far. And, you know, it's good to see them finally take care of business at home, their first franchise uh, championship in history. So, you know, you got to be happy for them and their fans. I think it's well-deserved. Yeah, it is well deserved, and you know, credit to the Miami Heat. They had a long fought season. <laughs> they were the eighth seed. I don't yeah. know if people remember, but they were the eighth seed mm-hmm. inside of these playoffs in the Eastern Conference. So, thinking about how they had to play literally almost every other day, starting from the play-in, they yeah. lost the first play-in game mm-hmm. against the Hawks because yeah. the Hawks got that seventh seed. Right. And so when they lost, but. When they got that eighth seed and beat the Bucks in five ga- games, I mean that was that was complete utter domination to yeah. me. The way Jimmy Butler, he he was him <laughs> during the Eastern Jimmy. Conference side of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, they they had like the hardest. They definitely had the hardest route to the playoffs, and since I can remember, you know, and especially that series against the Celtics, where by the way they were they were so close to sweeping it, went to seven games. You're right, Thomas. They did not make it easy for themselves and. Kind of, kind of sucks for the fans, you know. After all that, you yeah, just get a yeah. a gentleman sweep, <laughs> you know, by by the Denver Nuggets. But do you man. think it's because they may have been they used up all of their energy, you know, blowing that three zero lead? They didn't completely blow it, but you know, blowing uh, three straight games. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that had them a gassed a little bit going into the finals, whereas Denver was well rested after I, sweeping the Lakers? I would say so, man. I would say so for sure. That's. I mean, that's demoralizing for the players and the fans where you're 
so close to sweeping four games. Now it's five games. Okay, I guess we'll do it six games. And now you're doing seven games while the other team just swept the you know the Lakers, as you know, Thomas. You know about that. Um, <laughs> so you know they're sitting waiting for you, and they're they're not worried at all. You know they're like, wow, this it's it's sort of like the demeanor changes. You know, a team just got done with a sweep to get into the finals, and another team just got done in, in a seven, seven game, game series. Game. So. I 100% agree with you, Thomas. That is, I think that's a big reason why. Yeah, and then we talk about the other team that was in the Eastern Conference Final being the Boston Celtics. I mean, I was I was watching that game in my car, game four, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was in Miami. So game four, where they thought that they had it. You know, Jimmy Butler, when he got fouled on the shot, and he yeah. made all three free throws, mm-hmm. and then they come back. All they have to do is just – defend for I think what two seconds yeah and they missed the shot and they start celebrating and then the tip in (laughs) by Derek White I mean (laughs) yeah I mean who would have thought and the Celtics are another team that you know you kind of just you kind of just look at and and think that they deserve to be there as well you know with Tatum and and um and and everybody that's 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 in that solid roster and I don't know. I mean, I know we're going to get into this a little later, but do you think maybe they're missing a piece? Or do you think Tatum isn't the guy who can do it? I mean, he did it with the, you know. Honestly, we can go ahead and, yeah, we can recap these teams. So, like, with the Celtics, I do not believe, because, you know, Jalen Brown, he's due up for an extension, Supermax extension, Mm -hmm. worth north of $300 million potentially. If you're the Celtics, if you sign him to that Supermax deal, that means that you'll have over $600 million invested in between two players, in Jalen yeah. Brown and Jason Tatum. I, I don't think that's sustainable for building a winning basketball culture. I think that you need to go the route, like we just saw with the Denver Nuggets. They have a bona fide superstar in Nikola Jokic, who is mm. the best player in the NBA, hands down, best player in the world. And they have a secondary star who knows his role in Jamal Murray. I mean, the guy absolutely cooked the Lakers. I, <laughs> it was it was frustrating to see the type of shots that he was hitting. But, you know, he's not on a super max deal. Right. And so that gave the Denver Nuggets flexibility to go out and get role players such as Catavius Caldwell-Polk, mm-hmm. Bruce Brown, Aaron Gordon, trading for Aaron Gordon, having that flexibility to get guys like that that can carry you over the top. If you're the Boston Celtics and you sign Jalen Brown to that deal, you're handicapping yourself tremendously because you're going to be trying to get minimum guys and MLE guys, guys on veteran minimums. And that, as we've seen with the Lakers, that it just doesn't work. It doesn't translate to winning basketball. So if it was me, I do not believe that you re-sign Jason Ta- I mean, I'm sorry. I do not believe that you re-sign Jalen Brown to an extension. I actually think that you trade him. Really? Yeah. I think you trade Jalen Brown. Where's where do you think is the destination for him? Because I know they've been talking about my Houston Rockets, you know, throwing throwing their hat in the in the conversation, but and you know what, Houston would make the most sense because of the assets, the role players that Houston has. Mm-hmm. They a little bit immature, but I think that was more so on the coaching aspect of it coming into Boston and a winning culture that would be they would be set straight. So. They have the assets and the draft picks. Maybe Houston, maybe even if they so desire to, I could even see the Warriors mm. trying to make a run 
extending some of their role players there that way, you know, with those young guys and Jonathan Kaminga, he's a nice player. Yeah. Um, Moses Moody, you know, guys like that. and even Jordan Poole. Yeah. So Ooh. there there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of endless possibilities that could happen, but I know just straight up you do not want to sign him to th- which is probably what's gonna happen. They're probably yeah. gonna sign him to that deal, but if I were them, I I just don't see how you invest six hundred million dollars in people. Man, I I agree with you. I you you can't at this point you can't re-sign him. And you talk about plenty of different teams in the league that are prime examples of why not to give two or three players or even one player just a huge contract and try to build around them. You know you can build around a player. Sure you can. I mean they did it with with a. You know, uh, Jokic. They did it with Jokic, and did and it with Giannis. Yeah, they did it with Giannis. I, I'd even say that the Celtics, before, you know, they got to this point where they are for sure uh, contending for a championship. They were doing it with Tatum and Brown, you know. But now that these guys are off their, you know, younger deals, they have to get paid. And I mean, you're right. I think I think a traded trading Brown away would probably be the 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 best move that, that that Warriors trade is really interesting. I mean, you know, you talk about two teams that just faced in the finals last season. Uh, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting for sure. And the Warriors, I feel like, are gonna have the 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 the, the money to do it, especially if they don't give Draymond Green a contract this off season. And that's you know that's another interesting story about seeing where he's gonna go. Yeah, yeah. Because honestly, talking about the Warriors too, just in the Western Conference. After that series, I mean, that series to me, it was shocking, and at the same time, it wasn't. It was shocking because we all know the greatness of Stephen Curry. Mm -hmm. He's undeniably top three, at least, top five in the NBA right now. So we've seen this type of stuff that he can do. But just to actually see them fall and lose, we're not (laughs) used to seeing Golden State lose that often. So I guess that was the reality of it. But on paper – the Lakers were supposed to win that series with the size and depth that they had. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, seeing how what we all remember with the punch with Draymond Green and Jordan Poole, how that yeah. threw off the chemistry and everything, I just don't see how somebody has to go, whether it's Draymond walking in free agency mm-hmm. or Jordan Poole potentially being in the package for Jalen Brown. Yeah, But, you know, I the Warriors also with them, they ha- they'll have a new GM mm-hmm. this offseason. I know Bob Myers, he stepped down and said that it was time. So the direction of the Warriors, what do you think? What direction do you think the Warriors are going in right now? I think it's hard to to say that they're heading in the right direction, but I don't think that they're heading in the wrong direction. I really don't. I mean, they were, you know, they were about to get into the, 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 the Western Conference Finals again for however many years straight, you know. Um, besides that, that, that bubble year, of course. But if you look at that team, you could argue that the team that the Warriors won the, f- the finals this 2022 season was a lot weaker than this year's team. I, I would argue that, honestly. And, and when you look at this team and what they've done since they started their, you know, the Curry era, they've always started from the ground up, you know, that besides the Kevin Durant and the weird D'Angelo Russell acquirement, they, that's never really like worked out for them long term, and I think that they're sticking to Curry, they're sticking to um, Thompson, and I really do think they're gonna stick to Green because 
I think that's the make or break thing. If they don't stick to green, and I, I'm willing to bet that green is going to take a little bit of a pay cut for this team's success. So I think if they're if they're able to re-sign green, not saying you know he's going to put up 50 a night for them or anything, but he does his part. I, I yeah. I'm not a big fan of the guy, but I would argue that he's one of the most valuable players to their teams in the league. Yeah, and honestly, I would pose two questions to you. Do you think that the time with Klay Thompson has run its course with the Warriors? Mm. Because we saw how he performed in the yeah. Western Conference semifinals. Yeah. It, it was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, I mean, it's Klay Thompson, though, dude. I yeah, mean, I but after coming off of those major right. injuries yeah. like that and everything, it's, you know, if you're trying to win, it's a business. Yeah. You're trying to do what's best for the team. I so. mean, yeah, it's just I'm a Rockets fan. I watched that guy torch us for years, years, years in the playoffs especially. So I'm sure this is exactly what he wants to hear is people say that he's done and, you know, he can make a comeback. I, I don't know. What do you What do you think? Honestly, I like I'm just not a big fan of money being tied up into unproductive players. And not to say – that Jalen Brown, how we talked about before, is unproductive. He's extremely productive. Yeah. Uh, just $600 million in two people is outrageous. But Clay Thompson, you looking at his shooting splits, you see how he performed even in the regular season. Is he is that 35 to $40 million worth of play that you're getting right now? He used to be – Clay Thompson, the prime Clay Thompson, how he used to torture Rockets. He torched mm-hmm. LeBron James and the Cavaliers all those years mm-hmm. I was watching. But – he was a two-way beast back then. He could light you up for 30 and lock up your opposing player and hold him to 15 or less. That's how great yeah. he was, and that's what warranted that money back then. But, you know, he couldn't predict the injuries that he would sustain, an ACL and an Achilles oh yeah. injury. And props to him, major props to him for coming back and fighting back to even being at the level he is now. But 35 to $40 million, you don't, you don't give – players money for what they used to be am i hearing you propose a clay thompson trade is that is that what i'm hearing right honestly now? hey fire up the nba trade machine you <laughs> know, because even talking about trade reports i know this is a little off topic but as we were coming into the studio today mm-hmm. we found out that bradley bill is on the trade market now right and the war not the warriors the wizards are saying that they want to try to move into the top three in this upcoming 2023 NBA draft in a couple of weeks. I just pray to God that the Houston Rockets don't try to do anything <laughs> with all that. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't want the Lakers trying to make that deal with yeah, him, honestly. That's another John Wall situation. I mean, John Wall came to the Rockets, and, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Bradley Beal is, is a valuable player um, for sure. He's a little bit – He's a little bit up there in terms of, like, where his prime was and where he is now. But, I mean, man, I could see him sliding right into a a contender spot and just becoming another, you know, second or third man even for – and you said the Lakers aren't a fit for him, but, I mean, they need need somebody who can – who can handle the ball besides LeBron up there, you know? I yeah, mean, I, s- I see a lot of the times, you know, when LeBron isn't in, I see Davis bringing it down the court, and I'm like, what's going on here? This guy <laughs> isn't Jokic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> see, the problem with that is, though, I've seen us have traffic cones with guards on the defensive end. <coughs> cough, mm. cough, D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> y- 
it it wasn't fun, and that's what lost us the mm. series, arguably, against the Nuggets not being able to defend and rotate timely against the Nuggets. Those were some crazy shots that they were hitting, but at the same time, you got to make it extremely tough for them all the time, 48 minutes in the game. Yeah. And D'Angelo Russell was not doing that. Dennis Schroeder, he did what he could, but he, despite what the media is trying to push, he's not an elite defensive player. He never has been. He's Ooh. active. He's active on the defensive end, yeah. but he's not an elite defensive player. You know, that's a take right there. You don't think Hawks Dennis Schroeder uh, patch? Nah, nah, nah. He he was a menace. That's what he was. He he's a he's a uh, Patrick Beverly almost type defender. Patrick Beverly really isn't that good of an on ball defender either. Oh yeah, he's no. just a pest, yeah. a menace on the defensive end, and that generates turnovers. But one on one defense. So what you know where we talk about the Lakers, you're a Lakers fan, so you can say this. You don't want bad defenders in the one and two spot anymore. But also, the main talk of the town is trying to get this. In my opinion, the worst defend, the worst defensive point guard in the league, in Kyrie Irving. I mean, now here. <laughs> Yeah, he's bad, man. He's yeah. terrible. Yeah. I think the only other That's guard worse than him is, Trae is Young. Devin Booker or Trey Young. Yeah, yeah. Trey Young. He was statistically <laughs> the second worst defender in NBA history last wow. year. Wow, That's pretty bad. But see, the thing with Kyrie that I think would work with the Lakers, a it's because of his chemistry with LeBron, mm-hmm. never failed with Cleveland, winning the championship there, and B, if you are talented enough on the offensive end of the ball, consistent enough on the offensive side of the ball, it can it can make up for bad defense. Mm-hmm. We've seen it with Damian Lillard. Mm-hmm. Bradley Bill, he's on the outside of his prime to me. He's a little bit too injury prone mm-hmm. and a little shoddy, I guess, when it comes from the field. I'm not sure his field goal percentage. I can pull that up, though. But Kyrie Irving, to me, you know, miles ahead of Bradley Bill offensively, and I think that would probably be the tipping point to saying, yeah, I'd rather Kyrie Irving than mm-hmm. Bradley Bill, even though he's not that good on defense. That's, yeah. you know, that's just me. Yeah, I think so, too, and I would argue, I don't think Bradley Beal's a very good defender either. No. So, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I'd, I'd take Kyrie over Bradley Beal. It's all about how much money you want to pay them, of course. But another thing you have to think of when you talk about Bradley Beal as opposed to Kyrie, like you said, is the chemistry. I mean, Kyrie is a guy who's played on numerous teams, you know, uh, since since that since that year he left the Cavs. But Bradley Beal has been in the same team his entire career. So, you know, when you talk about sw- just flipping teams like that, I think a chemistry has to be a big part of that. Kyrie has shown that he can adapt to a new roster. He's done it before. He's done it almost every single year that he's that he's you know the last five years. Bradley Beal hasn't been able to do that. So be interesting to see um, how he adapts to whatever team he ends up going to if he is traded. Yeah, because honestly, see, the thing about the Lakers, too, if they are able to, if they do get Kyrie Irving and they surround him with other defenders, the Lakers, I don't know if it's a product of two defensive-minded coaches in Darvin Ham and Frank Vogel or what it is, but they are – they're a pretty good defensive team, time mm. in and time out. Mm-hmm. They were, after the trade deadline, they were the best defensive team in the NBA. Get the playoffs, man. The playoffs, yeah, the playoffs. Everybody 
off the bre- sense of change. Yeah, absolute lockdown. Yeah. So you think about if they were able to get him and they shield him, kind of, that would probably make up for it and everything. But with the Mavericks and the team that he's currently on, they traded away their best perimeter defender, Dory Anthony Smith, mm-hmm. trying to get Kyrie. The Mavericks, to me, Luka, great offensive talent, but at the same time, terrible defender. Yeah. Maxi Kleber, I'm, I mean, yeah, <laughs> he's just, he's not, nobody's afraid or intimidated yeah. by Maxi Kleber. They don't have a stationed center or somebody that can play the five spot. Mm-hmm. Their role players, uh, Jaden Hardy, I know it's one of them, young guy. He's offensive-minded as well, not really defensive-minded. So you can't shield. Kyrie can't be shielded in that situation. That's arguably why they fell out of the playoff race when he was traded there because of defensive purposes. Right. I agree. Uh, I want to flip the switch a little bit and stay on the NBA. But, um, I mean, I want to know your opinion on out of all the teams in the playoffs going back to, you know, the play-in games – and, you know, the lower seeds that got eliminated in the first round, which team do you think has the best future in this playoffs, and which team do you think has the worst future? And just to lift some names off, because it's been so long, the playoffs felt like so long this year. The Nets are in there. I have a feeling they're going to be the answer for the worst. The Wolves, you know, the Clippers, the Kings, don't forget about them, the Grizzlies, the Hawks, and the Cavs and the Knicks, you know, they're all in there. Those are all names that we kind of stopped talking about. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, who do you think has the best future? Who do you think has the worst future? So out of the pool of all the playoff mm. teams, honestly, the Denver Nuggets have the best future to me mm. because Nikola Jokic, I believe, is 28 years old. Michael Porter Jr., he's very young, like 25 or something. Yeah. And Jamal Murray, he's in his mid to late 20s, I believe. And he, even coming off of that injury, still dominant. Yeah, man. So, and with them – Making that recent trade, I believe it was earlier last week, trading for some picks from the Thunder in order to stay in shape of trying to get those, you know, cheap young guys that Mm -hmm. can run and still play at a high level. They are setting themselves up to potentially be, I don't want to say a dynasty just yet, but back to back, back to back, (laughs) honestly they have one of the best chances and the best futures mm-hmm. to me because their core is still there. Now, worst, uh, honestly, did the Chicago Bulls, they didn't make no. the... We got the we got the Brooklyn Nets in there, though. I'm surprised they aren't. Yeah, the, here's the thing about the Nets. McCall Bridges, I expect him to be... 25, 26 points per game score, but at the same time, the team around him, I, I have no direct, I have no idea what the direction of that team is. So, yeah. they have, you know, all of their picks going to Houston because of the James Harden trade. Mm-hmm. So if they suck, they can't draft anybody. So honestly, it probably is the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. who would be one of the worst or has the least bright future right dimmest future of them all so let me pitch a couple more teams to you since we're talking about the least bright future the grizzlies oh man dylan brooks (laughs) when (laughs) shams reported that he would not be brought back under any circumstances i 
<laughs> I busted out laughing so loud because <laughs> I've never heard that be reported on somebody under any circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> like, dang, he's not the worst player <laughs> in the NBA. But, hey, and then John Morant. I mean, I'm not going to uh. get too deep off into that, but there I'm sure is going to be a hefty suspension coming for him. Mm-hmm. Adam Silver has been hinting at it. He wouldn't even announce it during the playoffs. That's how bad it was, he was saying. Yes. So I wouldn't be surprised if it's between 30 and 50 games, and that can absolutely derail the Grizzlies right. this coming year. Right, so I agree. They could potentially be worse off as well. Turns out they weren't uh, good on the West. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't <laughs> think they were. I – I'm going to go here and say, I don't know. I don't want to give the same. If I'm being completely honest, I think the Nuggets as well have yeah, the I brightest mean, it's future. It's just logical. So. But uh, just to give a fun answer, how about the Cavs? What's yeah, up hey, with the Cavs, hey. man? You got Evan Mobley. You Donovan know, Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell. Him. You know, you got um, Jared Allen is Jared there. Darius Garland. Garland. I mean, dude, that is a fun team to watch. You know, it sucks that they weren't able to get it done against the Knicks. Which, by the way, another weird team to talk about. But, um, but yeah, I, I, give me the Cavs, dude. Give me the Cavs. Yeah, I like that answer. East, Eastern like Conference that. Finals next season. It's just so tough. Uh, Experience is everything, yeah. to be honest. And so mm-hmm. being able to compete this year on that stage, even though they didn't get it done, experience is still everything. So you leave with something. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. And th- those are players that need it. You know? Yeah. They're all young, young all young players. Yeah. And I think Donovan Mitchell, unpop- hot take, maybe not so hot take, but Donovan Mitchell is a perfect fit for that team, man. He's Absolutely. a perfect fit for that team. He's not hes not uh, a player that you just slide into a super team, as you've seen him with the Jazz his entire career. And I don't know, man. He dropped 70 that one day. Yeah, so 71. That was, that was the NBA's yeah. most scored last mm. season. Yeah, that's crazy, man. As far as the least the least team that you, you don't really know what's going to happen with, the future's kind of kind of dim. I don't want to say the same as you, but I'd say maybe the Nets. But another hot take, what's up with the Hawks? You know, I mean. Trey Young potentially on the move. Yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, you, you got, you tried it, you tried it, you tried it for, um, what's his name? I'm so sorry. It's slipping my, it's in my head right now. Trey Young and. Um, DeJounte Murray. Yes, DeJounte Murray. You know, you tried that. That didn't work out. And. And so, I don't know. Here's the fun thing about it, though. I don't know if you play a lot of 2K, but in 2K23, when I run my league simulations and everything, the Hawks are winning. With the team that they have, they're winning 60 games, 66 games, winning the championship in next year's simulation. (laughs) So, hey, 2K could be wrong, but uh, I don't know. You said – New coach, too, Quinn Snyder. Yeah, I don't don't know, man – I think I think Quinn Capella is pretty. Quinn Capella and Trey Young are both pretty OP in 2K. Trey Young's lights out, and Quinn Capella's a freaking glass glassy machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this has been a jam-packed NBA show today, <laughs> and it's been really fun doing it as a two-man game oh with yeah, you, David. Sure. But unfortunately, that is all the time that we have allotted for this for this show. I guess yeah, for this show. So. We're going to go ahead and sign off. I'm Thomas Terry, alongside with David Caspedator, and we will see you guys later. Yep.